Welcome, everybody, to the week 13 edition of the Eyes on Big podcast. Thank you very, very, very much for joining us. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Okay, so I said it wrong last week. This is our 26th podcast. True. Of the season. It was 25th last week. Yes, I was looking ahead one week for some reason. So 13 times 2 is 26. And for some of us, mercifully, it is the end of this season. <laughs> and some of us, um, it was a roller coaster. And it, it's not mercifully, but I'll be completely honest with you. At the end of every stressful college football mm-hmm. season, I'm always a little bit relieved that I don't have the stress. That the stress, stress is over. Sure. Of watching the game the next week. Um, but I'm, And I know that I'm spoiled because Iowa seemingly goes to bowl games every year so i know i still have one more bowl game to look forward yeah. to one more football the, game i don't know for me the going get like getting to the bowl game that's the accomplishment for me does the yeah. bowl game really matter that much if you win or lose um we'll probably get into that more in like a, the bowl game podcast but no it, it, what i was just going to say is is losing a bowl game is like one tenth of the pain that you would feel losing to a rival right. something like yeah. that but yet, I'm still excited to watch the football team one more time. It's like a freebie. Year. Yeah, it's like a freebie. Yeah. yeah. So. so you're kind of playing with house money. Yes, it is very much a house yeah. money type of situation. I mean, so. at least I imagine that, that that's how it feels. <laughs> you know how it feels. You just need to be re-reminded of it. Yes, that would be nice. All right, uh, let's jump right into the weekly Eisman. Yeah, here are your Eisman candidates for this week. First off, we have Chris Olave, wide receiver. Ohio State University, only two catches on the day, but two big ones, both t- for touchdowns and then had that huge block punt that yep. got returned for a touchdown as well. Dwayne Haskins, it's like a you know broken record here. Did you see that he was throwing touchdowns after the game? No. You know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, so he finished the game 19-30 for 318 with five touchdowns, but on the audited stats, the handoff to Paris Campbell was actually pitched forward, so they added that to his passing stats. So that gave him the fifth? They gave him the sixth. So his his audited stats are twenty of thirty one. Are you serious? I yeah. don't know if I've even ever heard of that. Before. For three ninety six with six touchdowns, no interceptions. So he with that he just missed four hundred yards again. He was correct four yards short. But he's thrown touchdown passes in his sleep. Wow, crazy. Uh, Rondale Moore had twelve catches, one hundred forty one yards, two touchdowns. That's his seventh one hundred yard receiving game of the year, which ties a Purdue record. Makai Sargent twenty six rushes for one hundred seventy three yards and a big receiving touchdown as well as a rushing touchdown that game for him against the Nebraska Cornhuskers and a big win for Iowa and then finally we got to mention Malik Harrison the linebacker for Ohio State number 39 didn't stick out on the stat sheet but the guy was all over the field yesterday it felt like the two players that I mean obviously other than Dwayne Haskins but the two players making the flash plays on both sides of the field is just Olive on uh, offense and Malik Harrison on defense. Yep, and Olave is a freshman. Did we desert, determine Harrison's? A he freshman? is a junior. He's a junior. Okay. Yep. Uh, so that concludes our Heisman candidates. Who, as who, much who as got? you know, I appreciate you putting Makai Sargent on there as a shout out because he did have a a huge performance. But I mean, this is Dwayne Haskins all over. Yeah, I hate going Dwayne again, but I mean, you can't fault the guy for being good, right? Um, it's just and, so boring to keep. 
I know. Taking a quarterback. From but the- we said we would just be honest and straightforward with this stuff, and I don't know how else you can look at this. Um, and throwing touchdowns in your sleep is pretty impressive. <laughs> Literally. And, again, it fits in with the theme we've been having, which is big performances and yeah. big games. Well, this is the game, and that was the performance. Well, he put up – it's the most points they've ever scored against Michigan, ever. Yeah. And I, I heard it was the most Michigan has ever given up in a non-overtime game. Correct. Unbelievable. And we'll talk more about that later, but uh, should we move on to a little couple yeah, housekeeping we, items? Yeah, we got a couple just quick housekeeping items here. Uh, as of today, which is Sunday, Joe Rossi, the interim defensive coordinator for Minnesota, has been promoted to the full-time defensive coordinator after doing a great job um, as the interim towards the end of the season here. Lovey Smith surprisingly got a two-year extension to his contract, so Josh Whitman is endorsing him and showing recruits and potential defensive coordinator hires that that he's not going anywhere. Yep. Which is, you know, probably a good move by Josh Whitman. Don't you think or not? Um I mean you gotta hire a defensive staff. Yeah. Uh essentially I mean it was the messages that you and I went back and forth with with is the offense looked good. You don't want to let Rod Smith go. I right. mean he was he performed miracles in one year correct and there was milestones that got met this year which is yeah double the win total two wins in the big 10 yeah the offense looked good gotta fix that d oh boy do they ever have to fix that d um moving on chris ash has been endorsed by pat hobbs the athletic director he will be back for a fourth year yeah so basically none of those are huge surprises i would say none of them are surprises um, i think we, what we had already been reading through the tea leaves well, with chris ash i am a little surprised that that Lovey got an extension. I'm not surprised that he's still there. I expect yeah. him to still be there. But that was it was a little surprising to me when I saw that. And I think we'll probably have a little bit more time to look into it to see exactly what the details are. Some extensions are more of an extension of contract, but it's not a huge uh, uh, net cost to the to the university. Right. If they fire him, it's right. more of a you know and I think extension on paper. I think that's uh, probably exactly what it is. Yeah. I mean, well, like I said, we'll look more into that. Yeah, we won't know details until January. Yep. And, okay, but they did say he's. It's not a pay increase in any way, which I think is at kinda, least yearly right. pay increase. Yeah, which kind of you know goes to what you're saying there. Yep. All right, that's it for housekeeping. Okay, let's go into the games. So once again, uh, starting chronologically, how we did on the last podcast. You got to start somewhere, right? So uh, we'll uh, we'll start with Black Friday, and Iowa thirty one, Nebraska twenty eight. The Hawkeyes had four hundred nineteen yards of total offense to the Cornhuskers four hundred. So with the win, Iowa wins the Heroes Trophy. Um, whether or not it's a it's a rival, uh, Kenny Chetham or Cheatham, whoever he is, a former. Cornhusker player that calls himself Self the, pro- the legend. Self-proclaimed legend. <laughs> he says it's it's can't be a rival because, you know, Iowa football program doesn't lick the boots of the Nebraska football program. So, um, But I will say uh, there has been your typical rival situation via text, via uh, Twitter, mm-hmm. um, where there was some shots being taken 
back and forth. It's the the common shots if you follow the the Iowa Nebraska Twitter wars. Uh, but I will say there was a lot more. I felt a um, little bit of respect. I think getting paid back on from Nebraska to yeah. Iowa. I would even say a little bit before the game, a little bit after the game. Um, in the form of this feels like a rivalry now. I felt like. So unfortunately, I was I was well. Fortunately, I was in Iowa, but with my family. But unfortunately, I could not go to the game. I Thursday night, of course, Thanksgiving and Friday morning, I felt like crap, and I just I don't know. I got kids, man. I, I can't yeah. deal with that stuff. Can't go down. So, uh, but I felt like through the TV and then talking to my you know buddies and people that were at the game, they said there was you know certainly an energy to the game that you wouldn't typically get mm-hmm. out of a team that isn't going to a bowl and the team that's only playing to get. To yeah. eight wins. Point I'm trying to make is obviously nothing huge was on the line right. in this game, but there still felt I felt there was an energy. I don't know. Sure. Did you feel the same thing a little bit? Or um, well, I mean, if you if you read Twitter, it, this is a rivalry, and if if I'm a Nebraska fan, I think you should just embrace it. You want to have a rival in your conference, don't you? It's it's a natural rival, and that was the just one of the few enjoy it. That was one of the few responses I had. Well, I got blocked by uh, Legends Radio, which is a oh. I don't know what they are quite honestly. It's some sort of Nebraska. Okay. Um, and then uh, there was another person I I can't remember who it was, but basically said, "Ha ha ha, um, Iowa has no rivals. You're a joke or something like that." Hmm. And I'm like, uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Yeah. Iowa State. I mean, yeah, straight up rivals. There's no denying it on sure. either sides. Nebraska is the one whose rivals are two in the Big Twelve and yeah. one in the Pac Twelve. So they're the ones that need the rival. Anyways, we'll, we'll move on from this. But it, it sure felt like a rival rivalry well, watching the so. game. Um, for me, I felt like it was pretty much a good game all throughout. Um, I will rent right down the field, scored a touchdown. Nebraska comes right back and answers. Iowa scores a touchdown, makes it 14-7. Nebraska comes back, goes down the field, and kicks a field goal. So 14-10 to at that point, that was pretty much all in the first quarter. From uh, about five minutes in to the second quarter to about five minutes left in the third quarter, so a good 20-minute stretch there uh, would be overstating to say Iowa dominated that part of the game, but mm-hmm. they certainly controlled – the line of scrimmage. Well, without um, a doubt. I mean, season high rushing for Iowa in this game, 266 yards. Yep. That's um, where, to me, they won the game right there. And even Scott Frost said after the game, uh, Iowa fans took exception to this, basically saying, I never thought I'd see the day that... <laughs> well, let me ask you. I haven't even asked you. What What is your... Basically, Scott Frost said... It's an arrogant thing to say. Okay. I know what he said. Right. I, I read it. He said that I, I didn't think I'd ever see the day where we're out-physicaled by Iowa. Okay, so Nebraska fans bigger said... and stronger than That's us. a compliment to Iowa. You're taking exception. No. Okay. It's an and this, Okay, I just like to say, this is an Illinois guy talking here. This yeah. isn't the Iowa guy talking. No, that's an that is That is preaching from your perch of... He still believes Nebraska 1997 is the current state of affairs and... But you know what? That's what you say to your rival. Okay. Okay. I like that. Right? <laughs> yeah. To 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 Do you want to insult him? You want to Did you see like uh It's a good not, point. Maybe I'll I'll save it for the Illinois game, but Fitzy got some pokes in at Illinois and and I I thought it was, you know, good nature. I mean, I when you think it. about back in the day with uh, the old ball coach 
making oh, fun. Yeah. Of, I mean, they went, he went nuts with that yeah. stuff. South Carolina, or Clemson, and South, or South Carolina, excuse yeah. me, used to. All right. Um, anyways, long story short, uh, Adrian Martinez was what I feared he would be in this game, yeah. which was pretty much the entire offense he was. for I Nebraska. Mean, 260 yards passing. 76 yards rushing, three total touchdowns. He yeah. he was their offense. The total, the average yards per carry of the Nebraska uh, running backs was only 4.0. Yep. But Adrian Martinez was, I mean, he brought the whole sure. average up himself. Uh, so what would you think of the fake field goal? We got yeah, to that. so I, I kind of glanced over that we got off into it. But I was going to say, you know, Again, uh, evenly matched for the first part of the game. Center middle part of the game, Iowa took over. So it's twenty-eight to thirteen at this point, mm-hmm. end of the third quarter, and I was, I think, wearing down Nebraska's front seven. I think without question. Yeah, uh, they get to be uh, third down, and they call for a play action pass. I didn't think that was a bad call. I mean, I've seen them uh, score sure. touchdowns uh, with that play this year, and they were trying to go to Hawkinson. The problem was. At that point, you make two decisions. You either go for it on fourth down and you run the ball because you yeah. think the defense is gassed, mm-hmm. or you kick the field goal yeah. and well, you I mean, go up 31-13. to 13. Pretty much a field goal puts it away anyway, right? I mean, it was it's a three-score game at that point. Yeah. And they try a fake field goal, don't get it. Now, I will say they could have gotten a first down even. Yeah, they and, came and, like a half yard short of the right, first Right, I mean, it was very close, but I think the – overwhelming consensus and not just by Iowa fans by anybody was that was not a smart play he was just was, overthinking it it was overthinking yeah, just, just take the just, points just take the points or just run the ball or I would run even the have ball. been better sure. just going for it on so anyways that this is college football right all of the momentum goes to Nebraska yeah. and they storm all the way back right. so now it's 28 28 I'm watching the game in the my parents my parents basement just just going nuts it was the first time I had any energy in two days um typically speaking in college football, once a game, especially in a rivalry goes like that, it's like a 97% lock that the teams that's come all the way back wins the game. So for Iowa to come back again, and then on a pretty ballsy call where Nate Stanley dropped back in uh, a shotgun, Ferentz said after the game, he had two options. He could either do the pooch punt, which he's done several times. He's pretty good at it. He's very good at it. Or if he liked what he saw, he could call the the, – And if you rewatch the play, he gets up audibles, fourth and eight, and they throw it to to Nate – TJ Hawkinson, excuse me, for the first down, run a five-yard play, and kick the field goal. I, that wound up being a pretty pretty crazy day. I yeah. Think. Well, that was a, a heck of a play right there by uh, by Stanley. Noah Fant only one catch on the day. But I tell you what, they went they went they threw at him mm-hmm. twice. One time Nate Stanley had him wide open for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. He just missed him. Mm-hmm. Another time he had him singled up on coverage, just completely overthrew him. I don't think Stanley's still healthy, but that's a whole other no. topic. Um, and then they used him as a decoy all day long. Yeah. They use him as a decoy on the on the pass receiving touchdown to uh to Makai Sargent where they ran him off. He took two defenders with him. They just slipped Sargent and he, so I don't think there was any of the Noah Fant talk after this because they knew exactly yeah. what they were doing in the game. But and then I just want to give, you know, obviously again, I mean we've stated this before, but most Nebraska teams don't or uh, most college football teams that have no chance of going to a bowl don't show that much resolve and yeah. fight. Obviously, this is a completely different thing that you know that's been going on on what a typical four and eight season would be. Um, 
Nebraska fans, you know, kept pointing out typically the, you know, the the, the last regime team would have quit. I understand sure. that. You know, that's obviously not what's going on anymore with Frost. No, so Frost has done a great job. We should point out that they're much better team today than they were, you know, at the start of the season. So arrows pointed up for Nebraska, I think. Yeah, so obviously uh, Scott Frost has got him looking different. The feel is different around the program. Yeah. Um, deserves some credit for, for sure not letting the train go off the rails this year. Could have gotten um, real ugly. Could have gotten real ugly, but uh, – Tom Becca uh, took it into yeah. overdrive. Uh, his Twitter feed says he's a nightly commentary on Fox 40, 42 News in Omaha, Nebraska. Big market. And he said, uh, name a coach in the Big Ten that did more with less than Scott Frost. He should get coach of the year in the Big Ten. <laughs> I can name a lot of Big Ten coaches wow. that did more I mean, it's going to be Pat Fitzgerald, and I think we already know that. So. Oh, yeah, hands down, he's going to be coach of the year. Yeah, and It's I not think, even close. And I would think, in all honesty – uh, I don't know the man, but I bet you Scott Frost would not even want to accept the Big Ten no. Coach of the Year after going he'd, winning four games. He'd be games. embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, I don't, three games in the Big Ten, four overall. I don't even think he would want to take that. But All right, so with the win, Iowa moves to 8-4 and four overall, 5-4 and four in the Big Ten. Nebraska falls to 4-8 and eight overall, 3-6 and six in the Big Ten. Moving on to Saturday, the 24th. Purdue 28, Indiana 21. Purdue with 440 yards of total offense. Indiana with 487 yards of total offense. So with the win, Purdue wins the old oak and button bucket. So they put the I in the bucket and not the P. That's right. I, I told a lot of family members that little tidbit <laughs> over Thanksgiving. Wait, Wait did I, you say they put the I? They put the, the P in there. Well... Oh, sorry, the P, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just saying I was told my family members the uh, IP in the bucket. IP in the bucket. Got a good uh, kick out of that. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, uh, yeah, I got to rewatch the game. Um, wound up only a touchdown difference, but I'm, I'm not going to say these teams were drastically, you know, different from each other, mm -hmm. but, but Purdue certainly just had more weapons. They were the better team on Saturday. Yeah, I think no question they were. I don't think they did a very good job on Rondell Moore. I mean, there seemed to be like times when they weren't even treating him like a different player. It was just like, oh, there's, there's number four out there. Correct. It's just like everybody else out here. No, actually, he's not. You get that excuse when it's the first game or two of the season when you don't know right. who the guy is. But the guy's a, a finalist for the uh, uh, wide receiver of the year. Uh, won over 100 catches yeah, on the that? year, which is He's leading the country in catches. Country in catches. Yeah. Um, I think he's third in yardage. Almost positive okay. I saw that right now, which is just insane for a true freshman coming in like that. Yeah, got at least two more years of this guy in the Big Ten West. Yeah. So um, a lot of lost sleep by defensive coordinators. Poor IU lost six out of their last seven games on the year. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. That hurts. They uh, were... You could even say the talk, most surprising team in the Big Ten East, maybe even the Big Ten yeah. in general for the first six games right. of the year. And ooh, it was a tale of two halves of the season for well, Indiana. We've mentioned uh, IU fans are, are frustrated right now, and I think they're going to be calling for Mike DeBoard in, in the offseason here. They want a new offensive coordinator. And I think they've got a, uh, they a legitimate got beef. Because again, this was a typically speaking when you have teams that are are hit or miss one week or the other, 
like I think we've commented before, Indiana was hit or miss one series to another. Typically, that points to the offensive coordinator mm-hmm. having issues. Well, they they dropped Peyton Ramsey back fifty one times to throw the ball. Yeah, that just doesn't seem like a great game plan when you've got Stevie Scott. Yeah, give it to Stevie. I mean, twenty rushes that's a good amount, but I, I think against Purdue. That, that was your key to winning the game, right? Just pound the ball on the ground. And it's not like you were behind that much. No. Where you couldn't come back. But certainly Purdue has been known all year for an explosive offense. Yeah. What you try to do is offset that by sure. taking a little bit of uh, 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 time, you know, uh, uh, clock management away from Purdue where they don't get the ball quite as much. And Indiana has a pretty good offensive line and running attack. Purdue hasn't been fantastic with stopping the run yeah. this year. They had the opportunity to do that. They just they just didn't do it. Um, and you got to give Purdue a lot of credit. I felt like again they could have took a nosedive after a really yeah. gut wrenching loss last week sure. to Wisconsin. There's obviously been the off field uh, distractions with with uh, you know the coaching change isn't going to happen or not going to happen. Shunned all of that and won their rivalry game. So yeah, stepped up for a big rivalry game. Of course, David Blau, another good game, twenty seven to thirty five, three hundred ten yards, three touchdowns, one pick, and moved past Kyle Orton on the all time oh, right? passing moved- list. Cool. Which Good is incredible. I, I wonder how many yards he was behind him, you know, at the beginning of the year, and he wasn't even the starter. Right. The first half of the first game, mm-hmm. he took control of the starting quarterback job, and man, did he have a good year. Yeah, and we got to give ourselves some credit. Remember early in the year, we're saying, I think Blau better. is better for this offense. And, we and, identified that right away. Yeah, and apparently uh, the Purdue coaches believed in us. They must, they must be listening. Yeah. So Purdue goes to a bowl game. Yes. Under Brown again, second year in a row. Second year in a row that Purdue goes and Indiana does not, which which adds to the pain. Sure. Um, yeah. So with the win, Purdue moves to six and six overall. That got them to five and four in the Big Ten. Indiana falls to a disappointing five and seven overall, two and seven in the Big Ten. Next up, Penn State thirty eight, Maryland three. The Nittany Lions with a robust 565 yards of total offense. Maryland only had 259 yards. So Penn State wins a non-rivalry game, but they got to end with somebody, I guess. Uh, I'm curious, why didn't Penn State play Michigan State on this day? Yeah. Because that's kind of, didn't they establish that as a rivalry kind of the same way that Nebraska when they came in? Yeah, why would why would Penn State wind up with Maryland and Michigan State wind up with Rutgers? And doesn't Maryland and Rutgers seem like a more natural rival? Yeah, the anyway? new guys on the block type of deal. Yeah, yeah, really strange. That's a really good question. Because I'm right that Michigan State was determined to be like they were put together with Penn State yeah. when Penn State joined the Big Ten as a rival. Okay. Jim Delaney, are you listening? Yeah, I, I want an answer to that. Feel that's a really good question. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much. Uh, we had been talking the last couple weeks, like, feel good, feel good about this team, Penn State. They seem to be clicking. This is kind of what you expected to see of them, right? Yeah. And Another offensive outburst. And I feel like the, the you know, antagonistic, for lack of a better way of putting it, Penn State fans would say, you know, what's the big deal? It's Maryland. Hey, this Maryland team was one win away coming into this game to make it a bowl, right. and they just ripped through Ohio State for – 8 million rushing That's yards right. the week before, and they don't even get 260 yards of total offense altogether, which moves it back into Maryland. They got to make some 
change. I mean, obviously there's going to be huge coaching changes in Maryland, but they got to have a passing attack. Well, yeah, and forward. I think I don't know. Pegram seems like a better quarterback than Kasim Hill, doesn't he? I felt like there was things moving around better when he yeah. was back under center. Yeah. So th- I want to know. I, I was thinking about this. Where's the kind of line of demarcation for this Maryland offense? Where they, you know, it's like if if a defense is at a certain level, <laughs> they to- uh, stop totally cold. But if they're below that level, they run all over them. And I fi- I found it. It's Indiana. It's that's the <laughs> level of deep because they almost beat Indiana. They're right there in okay. that game. So okay. they had like a normal amount of yards in that game. They didn't have seven hundred and they didn't have one hundred. So if you're better than Indiana in defense, you can stop this. This offense cold. If you're not as good as Indiana, you get 712 yards rolled up on you like Illinois did. And I think that's that's a really interesting point of view. I would maybe even say at the uh, instead of the Mendoza line, we'll call it the okay. Hoosier line. Okay. Yeah. I think Penn State was below the Hoosier line, maybe the first three four games of the yeah. year because they were so young right. on defense. But as the year went on, they moved above the Hoosier line and there we go. Just we have a new term. It's the Hoosier line. Okay. I'm okay with that's that. That's like like middling Big Ten defense right there. <laughs> that's kind of where the Hoosier line. And yeah. Um but you know what I mean. Penn State, James Franklin deserves some credit for teach you know, getting a younger defense, a younger team in general to look a lot better, I think by the end of November than they were at parts in yeah, September. Yeah, I mean, only 259 yards given up to what can be a very potent uh, offense here at Maryland. Um, only 74 on the ground yeah. that Maryland had. And that just stops the pretty damn, offense cold. Yeah, pretty damn good performance by the Penn State defense there. And speaking of, uh, you kind of gave me right into my talking point, um, Indiana and Maryland, I kind of feel the same way about both of their, their programs or the teams this year. It'd mm-hmm. probably be more accurate way of saying it is there are going to be I don't know 25 bull teams that we'll watch I will watch because I'm going to gamble on them because it's going to be the last couple (laughs) college football games I get to watch and it's going to be the middle Tennessee states and you know the western you know province whatever and they're not going to be as good of football teams overall to me as Indiana and Maryland. Indiana sure. and Maryland just happen to be playing in the Big Ten East, where they right. essentially have four auto losses a year, or three, you know, with uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State. It's tough to make a bowl game when you're at oh. Maryland and Indiana, and it's just too bad. You know what I mean? It is. They, it's a shame. They, they're they deserve better than that, I guess. They do. Um, what do you think about like? There's been talk of not playing every team in your division, like more crossover games, mm-hmm. I guess, more like a kind of a yeah, not round robin, but, you know, more of a random scheduling. What would you think of that? I think this gets more into our eight or nine yeah. conference games, 10 power five games yeah. talk. I can't wait to talk on that. Yeah, podcast. good we'll stuff there at some point. But all right. With the win, Penn State moves to. Nine and three overall, six and three in the Big Ten. Definitely have a chance at a New Year's Six bowl. Yeah. Uh, with the loss, Maryland falls to five and seven overall, three and six. And looking for a Ten. new coach. Yep. Next game up, Northwestern 24, Illinois 16. The Wildcats had 371 yards of total offense to the Fighting Illinois. 435. So Northwestern wins the LOL hat lol hat yeah how about that did you see that they had their longest running play of the year on the first play from scrimmage northwestern did that was the isaiah bowser run how fitting scrimmage yeah Yeah. that kind of defines the illinois season right there 
but on the other side of that, it I understand what you're saying because Illinois also had flashes of good stuff in this game. I mean, sure. it wasn't oh, yeah. like it wasn't like we were watching some sort of overpowering match no. between two teams. I and mean, that's what's so frustrating. Yeah. Is, I mean, you, there is some talent on the Illinois roster. It's very young, obviously. But it's not like there's a glaring gap in talent but between them and Northwestern. I, and the, the, we mentioned these are two like mirror-opposite teams. It just goes to show you what good coaching and good execution does. I feel like this might come off as a slight towards Northwestern, mm-hmm. and I, I hopefully it doesn't come out that way. I feel like I can relate to Northwestern fans as an yeah. Iowa fan because every time Iowa lines up versus any sort of blue blood team, the announcers just talk about how there's just this huge talent gap yeah. between the two teams, and it gets right. annoying. Um, so I know Northwestern's sick of hearing that, but the fact of the matter is when I watch Northwestern and I watch Illinois, I see more – team speed and athletes flying around for the Illini. Yeah. Then well, I good do to hear that Northwestern, but Cause that's kind of how I feel too. But I think maybe I'm just crazy. No, I, and I don't think I'm seeing it through a uh, big colored glasses. Yeah. I, I think that's what I see. But on the other side of it, I just see a, a team marching in formation yeah. <laughs> with Northwestern and just, just, it looks like herding kittens. <laughs> <laughs> I know offense and defense, but but with that, you suddenly get all the kittens just they line up for whatever reason. There could right. be a shiny object <laughs> off to the right, and they all just 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 jump to it, yes. and they look amazing. Well, you there's know? And, there's still like costly mistakes at crucial times. Yeah. That's just been what they've been doing all year, and that's you know of course what Northwestern never does. Did you see how many penalties? Uh, I'm going to guess one. They had one for 15 yards. <laughs> turnovers. You know how many turnovers? Zero. Zero. Of course. Yes. I mean, it's just that's what, what they, they do. do. It's almost like more teams should try that out. <laughs> yeah. It seems to work well. It for does North seem Western. to be a pretty good little formula there. Um, so the the Fitz comment that I had mentioned yeah. earlier, he, I, I don't have it in front of me, but he said basically, so he pulled the starters in the third quarter. I saw that. And, Wasn't and, that strange? And Illinois came all the way back. Yeah. I mean, they were they were... They were within one score essentially. They would have to driving get a down the field with three minutes left. They still a, had their their yes. backups in, and Northwestern got an interception. Otherwise, right. Illinois is driving. Although in. it was by Patty Fisher who started, but um, uh, what Fitz said was, "Oh, I felt confident winning the game with our backups in there." Ouch! <laughs> I did see that. I, I thought it was yeah. a pretty good shot at Illinois. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Um. Anyways, long story short, um. Illinois finishes at four wins. Yep. Um, you had said, I don't know if you said it on the podcast or not, but you just wanted to see somewhere to four or five wins with at least a couple of them coming in conference. Yep. My goal, my goal was four wins and at least one conference win. That yeah. was what I was hoping for going this season. So right. accomplish that. But it's it's just kind of hard. You have that horrible taste in your mouth after just getting your ass kicked yep. so many times in the losses. There, You know, it's... You expect you bring back essentially the same defense as last year, a lot of it anyway. You just expect some improvement, and they just went in the opposite direction. They actually got statistically much, much worse over one year. And it's it's a historically bad defense for Illinois. It's it's the worst defense in history for, for the Illinois program. It was. Yeah, and, oh. and they're the worst in the Big Ten, and it's not that close. The 13th worst their best defense is not that close to Illinois. I didn't know it was that bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. It's atrocious. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, okay. me too. Uh, with the loss, 
Illinois falls to four and eight overall, two and seven in the Big Ten with the win. Northwestern moves to eight and four overall, eight and one mm. in the Big Ten, and undefeated in the West. Undefeated they beat every West. single West team with only a come from behind three point loss to Michigan yeah. as the one loss. Uh, on to Indianapolis, Northwestern goes. Yeah, congratulations to them. What it a great is, season! It is incredible what they were able to after to, losing to Akron. And they should have beat Akron, let's be honest with well, you. Well, I mean, sure, that a, but they I, lost. I know. I And I, I know that's kind of... And they got their butts kicked by Duke. They did get their butt kicked by, by Duke. That was kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, but, who would have guessed at that point in the season that, that this is where they would end up? To be up? honest with you, anybody who's watched Northwestern the last three or four years... Well, that's had true. crappy September and they always keep it alive. All right. So also, did you see... Did you watch the uh, Big Ten wrap-up show on BTN? Yeah. Did you see... Uh, you know that that segment they always have the coaches little comments from their pressers. Did you see Jay Lehman's face after the Fitzgerald <laughs> comments? No, you got to go back and okay. watch it. It was classic. Right. I love Jay Lehman. Oh, he's he's fantastic. He's a man. Big Ten treasure. He is. He absolutely is. <laughs> All right, next game. Woohoo! Minnesota thirty-seven, wow. Wisconsin fifteen. The Gophers with only 325 yards of total offense. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, it seemed like more than that when I was watching the game. The Badgers with 359 yards of total offense. So Minnesota wins the axe for the first time since a lot of things historically <laughs> happened. <laughs> since I think we determined I was young. <laughs> yeah. And so fit. Yeah. Young and fit. When you used to have the ability to recover. Um, okay, so... Maybe switch it up a little bit. Uh, we'll get to Minnesota, obviously. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin, they finished here seven and five. Okay. Yep. Um, Shame on their fans, by the way. You for, see that pathetic for, stadium for the lack of fans showing yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, it gets honestly. I, I'm probably making excuses left and right here for Wisconsin to a certain degree, but it gets tough around Thanksgiving when it's going to be a cold day. I think it's. I think it's a lot of times it's tough for people to 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 get into the stadium or make it over there. Um, and then with Wisconsin, um, I would say you cannot. Okay, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter just just burying Wisconsin. Like like it was a good run for Wisconsin. That's it. <laughs> I don't think it's over. Oh, They're okay. actually starting to recruit her at, at a higher level than Correct. they have historically. And they do need to do that. That is yeah. something that people are pointing at, saying that's what's shown through is just the lack of recruiting. I'm not saying that's not playing into it, but everybody yeah. just – Pump their brakes a little bit. They're going to be just fine. Their offensive line is still going to be great next yep. year. They're going to have Jonathan Taylor. They'll bounce back on defense. They had insane amounts of injuries. of injuries, and I would even throw some off-the-field stuff. All yeah. of that is going to get fixed. The one thing they do have to get fixed, though, is their quarterback. Well, and Hornybrook comes back next year. Yeah. He's still got one more year left. Insane. That, and that's great news for everyone in in the West, because he's just not a very good quarterback. I'm sorry, but I I was kind of pumping the brakes on you, you know, dogging on Hornybrook yeah. to a certain degree this year. By the end, I, I there's I, I don't need to pump the brakes right. anymore. Uh, he he fumbled twice, only lost one of them, threw three picks. The, so the story of this game was uh, Wisconsin with four turnovers, Minnesota had zero. Wisconsin six penalties for 54 yards, Minnesota only had two. Great coaching job by PJ Fleck in the second half of this year. I thought these guys were dead and buried. Yeah, I mean when they lost Illinois, I thought, oh well, you know, just come back and try again next year. Because and, and just real quick before we move on to Minnesota, when we're talking about Hornybrook, I was texting with 
my buddy Sean, big Badger mm-hmm. fan, during the game when it was pretty much already decided that obviously Wisconsin was going to lose the game. And we were kind of texting, you know, back and forth a little bit. And I said, you know, a lot of injuries, keep your head up. I And I said, but you got to fix the quarterback spot. Yeah. As I was sending the text, Hornybrook threw a pick. Oh, and yeah. I literally text back. I couldn't even get the text out for Hardy Brook. But okay, so moving on to Minnesota. Um, whether you're a, a PJ Fleck fan or not, whether you're a, a Gopher fan or not, if you are a fan of college football and rivalries, watching the sheer elation oh, that those great. players had to run over to that goalpost and grab the axe. For whatever reason, I was texting some of my gopher boys like, "Soak this in. You, yeah. this is this is going to be a unique feeling for Doesn't you." Doesn't it seem like there is more emotion for that that trophy right there when when the team wins it than other ones? Well, or maybe it's just because no, it's because they haven't won it in fourteen years, right? But man. I'm thinking of the last time that they won it when Reese Lloyd ran over. But again, it was kind of more of a back and forth at that point. It 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 just isn't as big of a deal at that point. When yeah, you, I get, hmm. when you are that is. That monkey grows on your back every well, year. Sure, I at mean, some point it becomes a And I'm not talking specifically just about this weekend. It just seems like there's there's more of a sprint to the trophy. And I think it gets back into some of the stuff we've talked about the last couple of weeks, which is the media and the battle yeah. going back with the Twin Cities media and Fleck. Mm. This was just a big pouring of emotion. I mean, there was a pep rally waiting for the gopher football team yep. when they got back to, to Minneapolis. I mean, they had fans greeting the, the ax when it was brought when into has, their that has indoor facility. Nothing like that has happened That's great. since I've lived up in Minnesota. No, and I'm happy for gopher fans, and I really mean it. P.J. Fleck did a great job coaching his team, especially in the last few weeks here. I just did not expect this at all. No. I mean, um, I, I just expect him to kind of get their butts kicked the last couple games and and you know wait for next year. And there was, I would say, at least two, if not three different times when Minnesota could have just, you know, thrown in the and just been done with it. And they came back each time with with big wins. They did have certainly disappointing losses in the season. But I I think this is something that you have to expect when you have a young team. I think I compare this to Iowa's offense last year. They had a very young offense. They would look great for one game and Mm -hmm. just like dog crap for the other. I think that's pretty much what you saw out of the entire team with Minnesota because they were so young. Yeah. But to get them to six wins. Well, that's, it's amazing considering how young they are and and they still got to six wins and they'll probably get sent off to the pinstripe bowl. But even then, and I don't know that for sure. I think it's going to be a battle between Purdue and Minnesota who's going to get tossed out to to New York to the most ridiculous bowl on the planet. But anyways, um, um, they get, they get those extra bowl practices, which to be quite honest, it isn't good for Iowa and Illinois fans because that gives them a little bit better chance, which I always think is BS. That what? That if you're going to a bowl, you get to practice for another couple weeks. <laughs> I don't think you want to show up in Tampa or whatever you're showing with not having practiced football in a month, do you? No, I'm saying why why doesn't everyone get ah, to practice? Okay. Okay. Right, um so I also season. didn't love the game plan here from Wisconsin. Nineteen carries for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, you know that's how you're gonna have to win this game. I think it got away from it was still somewhat um, yeah, they got it, it just all of a sudden exploded. Sure. I mean, it was 17 nothing, but even at 17-7 and half with Wisconsin coming back and scoring that touchdown, I felt like they were still getting Taylor involved and yeah. then it just exploded back yeah. again and this was the one time where I understood that 
They sure. had to try to throw the ball and get back. Just just didn't work. But uh, all right. So with the win, Minnesota moves moves to six and six overall, three and six in the Big Ten. Wisconsin winds up seven and five overall. Uh, tied for second, but technically ahead of Purdue as five and four in the Big Ten. Moving on to Michigan State, fourteen, Rutgers ten. The Spartans had three hundred and ten yards of total offense. Rutgers had two hundred and seventeen. Um, so two things to point out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had put on Twitter that. Like certainly, I'm not going to put this on Twitter beforehand and tempt the gambling gods. They will smite you, right? And probably take your house and a yeah. part of your kidney with you. Yeah. But after that game was settled and there was plenty of time left in the fourth quarter when it was, that was the easiest line that I can re- remember for the year for sure. Right? Yeah, I mean, what we're talking about is Rutgers was getting 28 points at one point. I think that thing dipped all the way down to like 25. I got him at 28. Okay. Um, that was a that. ridiculous line. I and I had, I was sitting there talking to my, my brother on Thanksgiving. And I said, if Rucker scores 10 points in this game, this is an absolute mortal lock. There is no way that Michigan state's going to score 38, 39, 40 points right. in order to cover this spread. Right. When I saw Rutgers jumped out to a seven, nothing lead. Oh, I was just <laughs> laughing the whole time. Money. Me too. At that point, well, and another and another thing to point out with with gambling um, during the po- our last podcast, I joked and weighed the two over unders of the day. Uh-huh. The lowest over under, I didn't look it up, but I'm just assuming the 37 and a half for this game was the lowest. The highest was the 88 points for Oklahoma okay. and West Virginia. And do you remember I said an yep. old gambler told me the highest one find the lowest the one, take yep. the lower, find the highest, take the they both hit. Yeah. They that one went over, this game went under. Crazy. Hilarious. Well, I was talking to a a friend who's not a college guy, but he's a gambler. He likes gambling on NFL games. In fact, we're watching the NFL game on Thursday on Thanksgiving. And I was telling him I was about to make some free money. And he's like, "Well, what do you mean?" And I told told him about the Rutgers Michigan game. And so I, I feel bad now looking back because I basically stole from the guy. Yeah. He he wanted the action on the other side. Yeah, so he bet me something. in. Huh, yeah. He's a grown man. He, yeah. he texted decisions. me today and, and, you know, deposited money in my PayPal nice. account. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, hey, yeah. man of his word. That's all that I was going to. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, Michigan State. Uh, there was a game played, by the way. So Michigan, <laughs> <laughs> Michigan State. Okay. So certainly not the year they expected mm. there was a there was a couple times where they had a chance to really not just salvage the season but take off and then they would lose momentum and have tough losses however if you lose to Rutgers to end the season that's a truly bad season correct so it was a subpar season but not a really bad season um, yeah what'd you think of the Rocky Lombardi show I'm just continually didn't un- make any sense to me. No, I don't know what's going on. You know, he only handed the ball off 26 times. Yeah, he ran 10 times through 43 times. He's not the kind of guy that just hand the ball to. Hey, go ahead and win the game for us, buddy. Um, there ha- there was questions that D'Antonio was getting in the press conference right after the game about potential staff changes. Mm. Um, I think they're pretty much hitting at the offense when they're, right. they're talking about that. That'll be kind of interesting to see. I mean, they do have good receivers. They had a lot of injuries they there. But have. other than that, they just don't have a lot of weapons, it doesn't seem like, an offense. Not this year. Yeah. Um, you know, getting 
receivers back healthy, getting LJ Scott. He'll be back for his 14th yeah, year how about next year. I can't apparently. believe that. Um, you got to figure out the quarterback situation. Is yeah. it Lombardi? Is it somebody else? I don't know. But I don't know that it's Lombardi. I, I don't either. I'm it, not very confident. And and Michigan State has had such a run of quarterbacks where it just looked like they were coming off an assembly line. That's probably sure. the part that looks the craziest right now. Is, yep. Um, and then the other side, I, again, you got to give Chris Ash credit. I think yeah. he, I don't, you know, I don't know this, but it seems like a big reason that he would have kept his job is because the team did not quit. They were still playing well, hard yeah. into the fourth They're quarter. in games. Yes. Like, they didn't get embarrassed left and right, left and right. No, they I mean, fought hard. They let's have a, be honest. They looked a lot better in Illinois at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, the, that overall 1-11 well, record. I mean, I, I, I mean, can't the, just, the yeah. offense is really – At least the, the passing game. Oof, yeah. Man, it's brutal. Now that I think about it, if you, if you mix the Rutgers defense oh, with yeah, the Illinois no, hey, offense – Oh, yeah, there's an idea. Now, the other side of it, can you imagine how bad oh, the Illinois man. defense with the Rutgers <laughs> oh. offense? Oh. Um, uh, yeah, ugh, yeah, yeah. Just um, get that thought out of my mind. <laughs> um, uh, the only game they did not, Rutgers did not score more than 17 points in any except game except for the first one, right? The Texas yeah, State, the, the Texas State. Oof, can you imagine sitting? Somebody is a fan, is a big enough Rutgers fan, and they're sat out there through and watched every. And yeah. I just, if you are that person, especially if you are listening to this podcast. I am hats off to you. Hats off to you. And I, you know, we appreciate your effort. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) with the win, Michigan State moves to seven and five overall, five and four in the Big Ten. Rutgers falls to 111 overall, 0 for nine in the Big Ten. All right, here we go. The Big Ten game of the week, the game. Mercy. The Ohio State 62. Michigan 39, the Buckeyes with 567 yards of total offense Oof. to the Wolverines 401. Uh, this just in, Dwayne Haskins just threw another touchdown. Yeah, they, he got rewarded another one? <laughs> no, not true. Um, I, I, I did not see this coming. Well, I, didn't, I certainly did not see this coming. I, I thought it would be a close game. I, I did think that uh, Ohio State was going to cover this, but I just did not see a blowout. Um, Either way, really. So, truth be told, I bragged and bragged just now about taking you know Rutgers in the points. Another thing that I took that I I felt good about. Yeah. The the over under for this was fifty seven. Right. I took the under. Yeah. Ohio <laughs> State covered it on their own. I what I saw was a Michigan defense that wasn't causing used- issues to Dwayne Haskins. I'm, I'm not saying shutting down the Ohio State. Okay, you know, what you predict offense, but I, I thought Michigan's defense would look good. I thought Michigan's offense wouldn't be the type of offense to just gash and take advantage of Ohio State. Well, I got about half that right. Yeah. Michigan, only time they really put points on the board was Ohio State having you know uh, special teams issues and giving Michigan a short side yeah. of the field. Otherwise, this would have been a, a bigger blowout. So. I th- this is obviously the fastest team that Michigan's played all year, and that just showed through so well, didn't you think? Like, yes. just so glaring. Like, they just were not used to seeing this kind of speed. And how funny was it when you and my brother oh, yeah. texted me at literally the exact same time, <laughs> Michigan's got to get out of this fan defense or they're going to get killed. 
Um, but they didn't. They did not no. because Don Brown does what Don Brown That's right. does. And I mean, and to be honest with you, if you hardly play any zone during the year, you can't suddenly yeah. whip it out in the right. middle of the second quarter and you know, in the when you're playing Ohio State. Uh yeah, uh Chris Olive, Olave, whatever you just absolutely took this game amazing over Malik Harrison. It's it just seemed like they were making all the plays for Ohio State. Yeah, they just it looked like Ohio State finally put it all together for a game. Yeah. Now, with that said, they did give up 39 points still. They've still got some issues. And it but it was, seemed like a different team. Yeah, it seemed like it seemed like they had finally ingested all of the negative things that were said about them. I suppose you could give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt that last week versus Maryland was the sandwich game before yeah. the game. So maybe that made a difference. Um, but I saw we're, an- we're recording this on Sunday. It's it, it will be in this. I will be watching this college football rankings. Yeah. Playoff rankings on Tuesday you think, night. Because you think LSU will bust into the top four? <laughs> That's where I'll be watching. But it looked like, you know, they their offensive line was not playing that well last few weeks. They played great. They I played thought. incredible yep. in this game. Defensive line was getting to Shea Patterson. The linebackers actually looked like looked like linebackers finally. Yeah. For the first game of the yeah. year. Um on the other side, okay. I know I'm going to be out in a limb with this one, but I just want to be honest with it. I think I've kind of expressed that. I'm not. I'm not a member of the Jim Harbaugh fan club, but I get a kick out of him. I don't I do think too. he's an evil human being. No, he's kooky, and I like characters in my conference. He is kooky. He, yep. So we got all those things going on. Um, there's not a buddy or anybody special in my life that's a Michigan fan, but I just feel like not, I'm getting older, and I when the losses happen, like you feel them. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you. I. F- I feel for Michigan fans. This would be excruciating loss. Just I don't know. You won ten games. Okay, I know. <laughs> Stop laughing at me. Should <laughs> see Big Kurt looking at me right now. He's not having it. Um, okay, I, pick up a little bit what I'm saying. Here. Just, All right, I'm just trying. The, just the the sheer pain. Like you, you were favored in this game. You. Everybody saw yeah, what they watching. saw coming into sure. this game. This looked like the better team. Yeah, I mean, you thought this was finally going to be the year. I mean, they were playing dominant football coming to this game. You felt great, right? Okay, finally, we're going to get it done. Now, crushed. You, not, not only did you not get it done, you got your ass whooped. How? I mean, that's tough. I don't know what to say. Well, this this uh, rivalry has shown that you can lose your job based on this one game every year. So and I, mean, I don't and I don't you know they're not there with Harbaugh, no, not, but and and there's there's a decent amount of stuff coming back next year for Michigan. Uh, but I, I think that you know the bowl game this would be one that Michigan wants to take seriously because they need to. Get I, this I was taste thinking out about them mouth. in the bowl game. Yeah. I don't feel good about them in the bowl game. Because they were right there at the precipice looking at the college football playoff, and now it's like, ah, oh, crap. That's New Year's Six. Do we even want to show up to this thing? That is going to be an interesting match. And one thing to point out, um, I don't know who put it on Twitter. It was it was somebody important, so I feel like I can give the stack. The overnight rating of this game was an 8.0. Hmm. The next closest game was Bama LSU at 6.7. Wow. This was a monster game yeah. that everybody tuned into to watch. How about all those PI calls? Yeah, just so over many. and over and over. Yeah, yeah. everywhere. 
feel like the that refs got a little frustrating to watch. That could be another podcast. The Big Ten refs have just been oh, they're atrocious here, I yeah. think. But uh, with the win, Ohio State moves to eleven and one overall and eight and one in the Big Ten. Michigan falls to ten and two overall, also eight and one in the Big Ten. But obviously, Ohio State wins that tiebreaker, so that gets us through. The Big Ten slate, just kind of real quickly through some other games. We touched on the uh, the Oklahoma-West Virginia, 115 points yeah. in regulation in that game. Um, it was interesting to at least see that not everybody believes that video game football is the only way to play college football. Me and you obviously don't fit into that. Tons of people about our age you know, like to see some defense. Yeah. I, I understand there are times with amazing quarterbacks that they get hot. There's there's just hardly anything you can do about it. But, okay, and I know I was a limited athletic ability safety. Okay. Okay. But my guess is if you got recruited to Oklahoma, and to a certain degree West Virginia too. Sure. But certainly with Oklahoma, you have athletic ability. Yeah. You don't wind up at safety there's at Oklahoma unless of- you probably run a 4-4. <laughs> right. There's plenty of talent there on that okay. defense. Find the hash mark, get lined up, <laughs> look at the formation, and get deep as the deepest, man. Right. How I can't believe how many times the safeties were just, oh, look, it's another wide receiver running straight down the Ugh. middle of the field untouched. I mean, there was one time where West Virginia got whatever the penalty was, I can't remember, and it was second and 25 mm-hmm. they got seven yards it's third and 18 i'm sitting there like 50 50 chance yeah they get this they scored a touchdown <laughs> on that play <laughs> i mean it was non-stop oh, great anyways um another one was it was funny uh that was on uh, uh watching that game flipping back and forth between that game and washington state uh, Washington, uh-huh. because that was played in an absolute in snowstorm, snowstorm yeah. and there was hardly any points in that game. It was right. kind of funny going back and forth. Um, buddy of mine was like, boy, I think I really like Wazoo in this game. And I said, listen, I'm not telling you what to do, but yeah. Peterson owns Washington yeah, he does. State. And did you see the Washington State's uh, or the Washington's uh, comments after the game? How did you do this? How did you shut down that offense? And he's like... Same pass patterns, same concepts, same things we see every year. We'll wow. just keep doing what what we do. They if they keep doing what so, they it do. was a player or it was Peter it was a coach. No, it was a Washington coach. I One of the Washington coaches. Coordinator. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that was a shutdown. Well, it's a very simple offense. I, I can say that for for the air raid. I okay. mean, Mike Leach only runs like ten plays, and if they just keep running those ten plays, yeah. and there's that... one in particular he runs probably half the time. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of variations off of it, but it, it's it's a very the, his whole idea is make it as simple as possible so you can get as many reps as possible and just just perfect it. Yes, yeah. Well, Washington has perfected playing defense against it. So yeah, <laughs> end of that. Um, Alabama toys with Auburn a little bit. It was not a blowout right from the get go, but yeah. they wind up destroying them in the Iron Bowl. Uh, Got to give my buddy Josh a shout out. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but Utah was way down versus BYU. No. They were down, I believe, oh. at one point. I know it was 13 to nothing. I think it might even have been okay. 19 to nothing. And Utah came all the way back to win the Holy War. Wow. So they uh, charge into the big uh, Pac-12 championship with some some momentum. Good for them. Um, and then uh, uh, you got to mention the LSU 
Texas A&M game. Seven overtimes. Oh, man. I mean, basically, buddies, Twitter, everybody is just making jokes, comments like, I'm tired. I just want to go to bed. Please end (laughs) this game. I mean, I thought that game was going to end six or seven different times. Wow. And it just kept going and going. Um, anyways, that was an incredible game. And then uh, last couple things that end up on, I don't know if you saw, but after that game, there was a, te- a fight between Texas A&M and LSU coaches. What? Yeah, there was, there was a skirmish I missed on the field. And I don't know who the coach was, but he got punched in the chest, and he has a pacemaker. Yeah, and, okay, I did see a little bit of yeah. this aftermath. Yeah. Because somebody was chatting with uh, Jimbo after the game right. talking about it. Yeah, so they were showing Jimbo's reaction. How funny is it that they gave uh, Ed Hordren the, the Gatorade bath, thinking that the game was over, and then Texas A&M scores on the last play and sends it into the first overtime. Oh, and it went, like, Lord. people were making jokes, like, he had a dry fit shirt on. They're like, wow, those shirts really do live up to their name because it was dry before the end of the game. My joke was, uh, if this over the first overtime started, at the same time, my wife was telling a story about something that happened at work. What what would end first? Because they just drag on forever. And I made the comment, so your wife complains about work. <laughs> um, and then the very last thing I want to say, because as we're talking about the SEC, SEC Exposed was shut down from Twitter. What? At some point, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, at some point yesterday, I believe, Saturday. Are they back yet? No, they're not back yet. So. Wow. If you are a fan of this program and if you're on Twitter, send a a message to the Twitter team and say, bring back SEC Exposed. My gosh, this is not a... There are literally people on Twitter that threaten to murder people and get political and want to... Wow. I mean, SEC Exposed uses stats to talk about how silly SEC fans are. And they curse here and there, but it's not bad. No, they're not. not, It's never been bad. Putting out physical altercations, you know, wow. like on onto Twitter or anything. Oh, like how that. I missed that. The stupidest thing in the world. So I I tweeted it out because SEC Exposed has been pretty good about uh, uh, retweeting and, and oh, yeah, giving us right. some they giving do. us some love for the podcast. So hopefully they'll be back on Twitter. Let's real hope so. Quick here, so. Good account. Good follow. All right, man. So that's uh, that's twenty six episodes down. Mercifully, it ends. Yeah. For the Illini fans, anyway. Yeah, so a lot of fun. Um, this isn't this isn't over. We're obviously you got the Big Ten championships. We'll put one out yeah, this week on that. Sure. Maybe just another topic along with that. Probably yeah, probably throw another topic in there. Yep. Um, and then, like I said, we'll just kind of do probably more one a week through the college mm-hmm. football playoff and you know, the bowls. We'll keep you posted. Yep. Okay. Well, hey, thanks a lot for joining. Um, please read, rate, and share the podcast. And I really, we really, really appreciate you listening. I am Jeffrey the Greek. And this is Big Kurt. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye.